is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, Blue Royalty Edition. That's right, an unfamiliar voice. Uh, don't be scared, it's just Brandon. Uh, I'm filling in for Nick while he's out on vacation. I've got Jesse with me, and we're going to be breaking down the Continental Cup final review, aren't we, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, not with as much joy as I think we we hoped we were going to, but unfortunately, you know, we've still got to kind of lick our wounds and get into the nitty gritty of, of what went wrong. And um, we're joined today as well by Shabana Hearn, WSL broadcaster. Um, if you listen to Talk Sport, you'll often hear her voice there. Um, so Shabana, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hi, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, London is slightly lighter blue, shall we say. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. Ouch. <laughs> She went right yeah. in for it. Damn. It was that kind of afternoon, eh? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately so, unfortunately so. No, it'll be good. We'll, we'll touch on it, right? We, we don't run away from these things as much as they may be frustrating, but uh, we'll talk about how Chelsea did not make the most out of the momentum that we had and then how we switched off at the back in the second half and got punished. Then lastly, how we were unable to get back into the game. Injuries, illnesses, uh, just really killing uh, the momentum of the team at the moment. So... Uh, but before we kick it off, you know, we always like to do the three-word match review. Uh, so, Jesse, kick us off. What was your three-word match review? Yeah, so uh, originally I texted the WhatsApp group yesterday after Kerr scored, uh, saying outrageous hit mobility. And um, I did think that was going to be my three-word match review, but then everything went horribly wrong in the second half. Uh, so I'm going with no clean sweep. Um as much as it would have been amazing for us to, you know, kind of do all the domestic honours again like we did last season, that dream's dead now, but um, we move, you know, still still two more trophies to win. Yeah, kind of similar vein, I put running on fumes, uh, you know, Kirby picked up the illness right before, uh, I think we had COVID-19 positives, it's still seeing Aaron and Melly doing the pre-match socials and you're like, I love that, but man, I wish you were on the bench and in the roster in the lineup, so... Um, you know, we're we're getting there, but Siobhan, what about you? Uh, you're not gonna like it, but I have to stick I have to stick with the neutral here. I think it has to be cold, classy city. That's what happened yesterday. It was absolutely freezing cold. <laughs> city went into that tunnel at halftime and came out with a classy display and ran a mock in it. Do you know, Jesse going in going into halftime? You know, Chelsea being one nil up, I was like, fair play. They were they were so tidy, so organized. They deserve to be two goals up, but I do believe that was a handball all day long. And uh, and City were then a wee bit hard done by going into half time. So uh, yeah, for that I'm gonna go for cold classy city. That's the three word match review, and I apologize. <laughs> no need no need we need a balanced perspective and that that is okay uh and it was good i mean look again it, it was the opposite of the men's game yesterday chelsea against burnley men horrible in the first half came out of the tunnel in the second half master class unfortunately the women just flip-flopped in that vein and 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 literally it was you know you could have done the whole tale of two halves three word match review as well and all that but um, City just seemed to grow into it the entire one. So, you know, credit where it's due. We can still have a good pod around it. So uh, match details, right? Played Manchester City. It was the 5th of March this past Saturday. It was the Continental Cup Final or County Cup Finals. We're all abbreviating it to. Uh, Plow Lane. Chelsea won. 
Manchester City 3, in case you missed it. Goals come from Sam Kerr in the 34th minute. We're in the 49th and 69th, and White in the 58th minute. Uh, so pretty pretty tidy 15 minutes from them uh, at that point. So, uh, Jesse, do you want to run us through the lineup and tell us how we got there? Yeah, yeah. So um, a couple of surprises, I guess, in the lineup. Uh, AKB and goal as standard uh, and and the back four that, that we've seen, um, you know, recently. Jess Carter on the right, Millie Bright and Anik Nowen in the middle and Jonna Anderson on the left. Um, I guess there were a couple of, of question marks about whether we would see Marmielda or Magda Eriksson because Emma Hayes did say on, on Friday that they were going to be in the squad. Um, I'm still very intrigued as to whether they're actually fit at all. Um, I know Emma likes doing this thing where sometimes she like puts players who aren't actually fit on the bench to kind of intimidate uh, other teams. So that might be one to watch out for when we play uh, West Ham on Thursday. Um, but then Sophie Ingle and G as our, as our double pivot. Guru Rice on the left. And then this was a kind of surprise, I guess, uh, Neve Charles on the right because Fran was out. Uh, and Sam Kerr and Neil Harder up top. Um, in terms of subs, bit some some kind of strange strange things. I, it was kind of a weakened bench, I guess, uh, with with Jesse and Fran out. So Lauren came on after I think about like 70, 75 minutes. Um, Beth came on after about eighty minutes, which I mean for me just felt like wait, you know, the horse had bolted. Uh, and then we saw Drew Spence and Alsu Abdulina for like the last two minutes to the point where I literally looked up and was like. When did Alsu Abdelina come on the pitch? Because <laughs> by that point, I just totally switched off from from the game altogether. <laughs> Emma was sneaking players on. Actually, it wasn't a substitution. We were trying it all at that point. Uh, just real quick, some of the top line stats of this match were uh, eight shots for Chelsea, only two on target. Manchester City had 17 shots with eight on target. So a pretty big gulf there. Wow. Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. Chelsea with 41% percent possession. Uh, only 64% pass accuracy. Again, it started to rain. It, it started to get crummy out uh, in the match, but that is that is really, really low for a team this technically gifted. Uh, only one caution for City, uh, no red cards, one offsides apiece, and eight corners to, to City six. So, Siobhan, I mean, between the lineup and the changes, some of the overlying stats, uh, where do you want to dig into right away? Well, I think I think we have to understand exactly what went wrong because in the press conference on Friday, um, Emma Hayes hadn't really mentioned the big misses that were going to be absent from Chelsea being obviously Fran Curvy. For me, Erin Cuthbert, I'm going to put my Scottish tax in there, but, you know, she's been outstanding, Jesse, for, for Chelsea this season. I mean, she's been one of the main in the starting 11, but I think when you think of Fran Curvy and Sam Kerr, they, they go as that that partnership, that strict partnership, and it's it's really when it works uh, to its maximum. And I feel in the second half, they were just lacking that. Jesse Fleming, Eriksson as well, uh, were a huge miss, but, you know, in the first half, they were they were perfectly, you know, they were in a great formation. They kept their lines tidy. They were dominant. I mean, the first 10 minutes, City didn't know what had hit them. You know, it, it was hard actually to watch. I think they're going to get, they're going to get battered. Um, and then I guess maybe, you know, momentum changed after the, the clear handball from Sophie Ingle. You know, she got away with one there. I didn't think that worked great when it comes to, you know, all eyes on the game on this special day. You know, the women's game's grown so much. You've got all your broadcasters there, all your press, all your radio, and then the referee cannot see what's, you know, right in front of her. 
I mean, Jesse, you, you I mean you saw that as well, right? You, you know, we're not. I was actually at the other ends of the ground, so I I plead ignorance. Uh, but I have seen on it on broadcast. <laughs> they even showed it on replay, and we saw it. It wasn't a handball, Shimon. It was the entire arm ball. <laughs> we were cashing in our we were cashing in our handball token from uh, from the yeah. Arsenal game. So you know, fair enough. Right, thank fair you, Leah Williamson. Uh, you yeah, helped yeah. us get away with one there. Yeah, that's an IOU. That's that's completely fine. Um, and I guess in in that second half, maybe maybe Chelsea got comfortable. Maybe they got comfortable. I have to say, when Lauren James came on, she was she was right in front of me for a period of time. And when she's on the ball, she she glides. It's like she's literally floating. I'd like to see more of Lauren James early because I think she's such a powerful presence. Um, and I do think she had the ability to change the game, but it felt too far gone. It felt that there was a solid 20 minutes. Brandon, you mentioned how many shots City had on target. In about 20 minutes, they were relentless. You know, it kept coming. The threat was real. Um, and they were lucky. It, it wasn't any more than three goals that they'd conceded. But, um, yeah, no, I, I do think problematic, maybe not having the likes of Frank Kirby. And Erin and Cuthbert, for me, I think she's been a huge part of Chelsea uh, this season. You know, she's not f- afraid to get stuck in and she sets up goals and she's starting to put them away as well. So, yeah, I think they were lacking in that, to be fair, yesterday. I think that, you know, that work rate that you see from a player like Erin, that definitely felt like something we were missing in the second half. You're like right. that kind of intensity, just the willingness to like break up the play and get on the ball a bit more. And I think that just felt like to me, like there was just no one there doing any of that. Like mm. really, really strange. Yeah. And then poor Anne Katchenberger. I mean, those words don't normally go together in the sentence in the- you know, everyone's allowed a day off, but Anne Catcher nightmare that was, you know, it just I should have been your three-word match review. Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. Put that in there. Uh, Clearly Siobhan's a positive person was going to, for the praise of City rather than the tearing down yeah, of poor yeah, AKB. Exactly that. No, you know, I, I I just I'm impressed with how it changed uh, and, and how it flipped. So how it flipped like that, I don't know what happened. Uh, I'd love to have been a fly in the wall in both dressing rooms, you know, to, to maybe try and break it down a little bit more. But uh, definitely Chelsea lacking some of their key players. And that was unfortunate for them yesterday. But you know who knows about that all too well is Gareth Taylor. You know, he was without six of the starting 11 for a good four or five months, you know, to the point where he was being called to get the sack. Uh, and, you know, whatever he said at halftime, you know, get some of that in my life, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're definitely going to go ahead and break it down in depth, uh, run through it all. But before that, we're going to take our ad break, though. Thanks to sponsors for financially supporting the show. We'll be right back. All right, Jesse, coming out of the ad break, uh, we have some reminders to everybody that this isn't a one-off just because it's a cup final. I, I say we as a collective, but you, Abdullah, Nick, and the team are here every single week talking about the, the women's team, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're here every week. Uh, most weeks is more more positive than this one will be, uh, although recently we have had a, a couple of up and downs, so, but it keeps it interesting, yeah? So, you know, here, uh, coming out every Tuesday uh, for you guys to catch up on, on what went down with the women's team. Right, and if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts and you put in on the Chelsea Women, make sure to get a shout-out on the Blue Royalty one. And then we also have a wonderful Chelsea Women's community on our Discord. It's joined through Patreon. Um, they're very engaged. We were in the Discord chat yesterday. A lot of people take it seriously and really, really enjoy Emma Hayes and what she's doing. So check it out. Uh, but as we dive into our first topic, it was not making the most of our momentum. It was a strong start, as we had said. Pressing was causing City problems. You know, we always say, if you can get the other team to run towards their own goal, you're doing something well. And that's how it started uh, with this with this one. So you had the tweet from, from Blair here said, City played short from the back to Greenwood. 
Harder closes Greenham from the inside, blocking Walsh. Greenwood is forced wide. Walsh unavailable to short options are marked. Greenwood plays as someone marked. Chelsea win the ball. Rinse, repeat. They it just short passes out of the back. Jesse trying to find feet. It, it was suffocating to begin, but that that's how it started. It was very positive. Yeah, we, I mean, we really came out the blocks. And, you know, there was definitely a moment where I was like, great, this is going to be a rerun of that FA Cup final because that was very similar kind of thing. Like straight away, the high press, Arsenal couldn't deal with it, you know. And and I kind of thought, you know, we'd seen in the WSL game against City how much, you know, they really rely on like that out ball to Lucy Bronze or Lauren Hemp. And if you can kind of cut off those, those passing lanes, suddenly you put them under a lot more pressure and, you know, immediately it just felt like Harder and Kerr were were really on on them tight. But the problem was that, you know, even when those turnovers of the ball was happening, it didn't really, you could almost, it's easy to say in hindsight, right? But there were moments where you kind of felt like it wasn't clicking. You know, there were a couple of times where Harder got on the ball and I'm thinking, why aren't you shooting? Like, you know, there's stuff's opening up there. It was all like, kind of felt like one touch too many, even when we were in those good positions. Yeah, Jesse, I, I have to agree. I think I think it was a case of one touch too many. Um, in quite in quite a few moments that happened in the game. You know, I think I think Pernella was looking like a right threat at times. And then she just she just keep going that one step too many and then kind of you know lost the lost position uh, and and couldn't quite, you know, find the back of the net at, at those moments. Uh, I noticed that a few times and I thought, oh, this could this could be problematic. And when you mentioned how tight they were as well, that you know, in the beginning, I mean, Alex Greenwood, I don't think you know she had she was had her socks worked off her ten minutes into the game. You know, they were that strong, they were that on them, uh, and the, the the press was high as well. So I, I I do think that they something weren't clicking. But for me, it's all about if uh, Fran Kirby not being there in that position. You know, that experience uh, just to kind of lead the way and 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 finish uh, properly. But Pernella Harder is such an outstanding player, but I don't think we got to see her at her best yesterday. And Sam Kerr, we know what she can do. She's lightning quick. You know, even seeing it in real life again yesterday when she makes that run up, I'm like, she's rocket, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's outstanding. The turn, the turn, you know, to put that into the back of the net, the way she got that was... She doesn't even was, look at it. It's crazy. Yeah. No, outstanding. So, yeah, a great finish from her. Brilliant goal, but unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't go much past that. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the goal. Obviously, Sam Kerr goal at goal. <laughs> you know, tweeting Sam Kerr scoring in finals and other news waters wet with the blue heart. Uh, I mean, Jesse, to the point. You know, she was in a dangerous position. Roebuck, you know, dropped the ball after the cross, and it's probably because of the, her two defenders are so close to challenge for it. Uh, and to and to your point, Sam Kerr is such an instinctual player. Didn't look, didn't wait, half volley, smash with the left foot. Time to celebrate. Let's go. I think what I find amazing about Sam still as well is that level of instinctiveness, given that she didn't like grow up watching like football or playing football like she's comes from like an Aussie rules family right um and like kind of got into the game kind of late on when uh, when she couldn't play Aussie rules anymore and that's why I just think it's so amazing like that she's got that level of instinct still for like a sport that like really it, it almost feels like coincidence she ended up ended up playing but yeah I mean it was a cracking finish obviously it kind of come just after that uh dodgy handball decision but at that point I was just like okay you know City had kind of just started to get back into the game. Lauren Hemp had obviously hit the post before the handball. And I was like, okay, but this is like, you know, normal service. Sam Kerr scores in finals. Like, 
we're gonna we're gonna go now we've kind of got this confidence um you know we'd beaten City by an aggregate score of 8-0 across three games this season so I was like we know we can like keep a clean sheet here so I went into half time like buzzing <laughs> to be totally honest and it all came crashing down so it's funny, Jesse. You know, I appreciate exactly what you're saying there because I spent the afternoon yesterday with Leanne Sanderson, former Chelsea and Arsenal player. You don't get too many people making the switch now, but uh, Leanne Sanderson is a is a huge Chelsea fan. And on air, she was, you know, I, I have to. My, my position is to, you know, speak for all teams, right? And I'm speaking to Leanne about, you know, uh, Chelsea. They've had a wobble. You know, I thought they were over the wobble. That was, you know, that they, they they fell off the cliff yesterday. But, um, you know, and I was saying to her, you know, in the halftime analysis, I feel that City were hard done by. She knew that as well. She's like, Shaban, there's just no way Chelsea are not winning this game. You know, it's she was that confident from watching that first half performance that Chelsea. I felt the same. Going away. I know, and and that's and that's why we love football, and that's why. And that's why we hate football all at the same time. You know, it's it's that's the way it goes. But I, I have seen massive strides and improvement from City that going into the game, I thought there was going to be an upset. And that, you know, hell made me saying that out loud on a London is Blue podcast. But I had this, I had this feeling. We've, we've seen when, when City are clinical, it is, you know, it's non-stop. They, they can be relentless. It's a strong team. They were missing some big hitters as well. Vicky Lasada not there in the midfield. Um, and, and to name so many more, you know, Steph Houghton, not even back yet. She's still injured. But I think when you look at player for player, Chelsea met a bit of a match yesterday and they didn't have their best team. It's it's simple like that. And I, when the going got tough, you know, they, they started to fall to bits. You know, at one point I was looking at Sam Kerr you know, like you say, the instinct that she's got, like she's a natural born, clearly, you know, she's just gifted and talented, works at Arsoff. So she's an outstanding football player. But when when they were shook, you know, heads are going, you know, you can see that just the frustrations are starting to come out uh, and City got the better of that yesterday. Um, but yeah, I keep saying that, I sound like a broken record, but I think Frank Kirby and, and Aidan Cuthbert were a huge miss. I think what kind of concerns me is is that like losing heads moment that Chelsea seem to have because it's not the first time we've seen this. You know, you think yeah. back to the Champions League final, it's the same yeah. thing. The Wolfsburg game of December, it's the same thing. Just this, it's really strange from a team that is so outrageously successful. Yeah. That has such a winning mentality, is used to brushing teams aside, just seem to go to pieces at the moment if, it, it feels like they don't have a plan B sometimes, like if if they're being overrun. Well, I, I, and it's not often they're overrun, so that has to be something that must be worked on now because I think when you look at the Champions League final, only what feels like yesterday, not 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 even a year ago, Jesse. you know, I was not expecting to see Chelsea so brutally battered in that game. You know, it, it was hard to watch, whereas the second half yesterday, it was getting to that. You know, it was getting to that point. I thought, you have to learn those lessons. Where is the communication breaking down? You know, you start to see uh, the manager, who I'm obsessed with, Emma Hayes, you know, you start to see her getting, you know, changing and, uh, you know, the mood quickly changes. So that has to be a, an element that teams work on, you know, and, we're seeing it a lot with Everton this season as well. You know, they got their, their first win uh, yesterday. But, I mean, my sister, she plays for Aston Villa. They played them a few weeks ago. And she said the, the breakdown in communication when, you know, when the other team goes ahead 
it starts to become really visible on the pitch and then you know you know they're losing the game you know the, when the team breaks down and communication stops you've got a huge issue on your hands um so that's something that has to change but I wanted to make the point and you know I, I don't know what what we're talking about in for the men's game is the you know the effects of what's going on with the world in, in, in Ukraine um is that having the effect as well um you know on Chelsea the when they sit down to do their interviews at the moment, you know, they're being asked about questions that they're, they're not politicians. They shouldn't be asked those questions. And, you know, their club being owned by a Russian owner as well. It's, it, you know, was that heat starting to, to to come to the team as well? You know, that the, the men are getting that grace period. And I, I think Chelsea women should be given that as well, in a sense, because it's a very unusual time. You would think so. I mean, as a, as a player, it, it caught them probably just as much as a surprise as, is uh, the rest of us as fans and media and things like that. Yeah. And it affects them even more than it affects us, you know, as far as contracts, investment in the women's game, our staff going to be there. And, um, you know, I, I it, it's very, you know, it has to be very important, especially with the way Roman looked upon so fondly of the women's team, Jesse. I mean, I think he came out very strong and talked about how he even called out some other owners for not investing in the women's game. And so, you know, even if nothing else, it's probably a, a sad situation. Uh, you know, he was there for the Champions League final, I believe, um, to like he's yeah. been with Emma, him and Emma. I mean, Emma's on the on the on the foundation board like he thinks so highly of her. So I'm sure just in general, um, you know, he probably feels a part of that family, even if he's not around as much, like I was saying, Jesse. So I, I would be very understanding if it was in their psyche a little bit and just in the back of their mind. Yeah, and I think that that point about the, you know, investment in the women's team is is that kind of key extra facet here, right? That when we like talk about the men's side, okay, sure, like whatever new owners Chelsea might get, um, there's a high chance that the spending will never reach again what it's reached in the Abramovich era but you know ever since Abramovich and it hasn't been the entire time he owned the club but ever since he did start putting money into the women's team he has created you know in in the kind of WSL era one of if not the most successful women's teams in the country now it's got to be a question mark for any kind of new owner whether they're going to put the same level of like focus and investment in and you know it's absolutely ridiculous that that we even have to think about it or ask it because it's peanuts compared to what people put into what to the men's teams but of course you you must be thinking like wow we've basically had like a, a blank check uh more money to spend than you know almost any other women's side in the world potentially um you know Peniel Harder most expensive player ever you know putting these kind of six-figure sums up now like quite regularly for, for players if you want them um that, that has to be a, in the back of your head, I think, that, that you know that other clubs don't have that level of, of investment and that you could kind of become like them. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, you know, uh, there's a reports of contracts up this summer. Where does that leave them at the moment? Are they getting a new contract? You know, players not being well as well. I think it's just such a, a huge time for everybody. Um, but these players play directly under... You know, this owner at the moment, it's a it's a strange time. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that had affected mentality yesterday. Yes. Uh, from when we talked to Matt Law, he was saying he expects the sale to get done well before the summer transfer window, mainly because of that. You know, if you drag it into the summer, 
like in and Roman said, I don't want to leave this club in in hands that aren't able to maintain the momentum that we have. So uh, tricky situation, um, but it sounds like he has a lot of offers, so that's good. Uh, and again, Matt spoke so highly of Emma and what the women's team from a value standpoint and how great they are. And then the youth academy said, if any word, anyone were to mess that up, they'd be idiots. And he goes, I don't think Roman's going to let an idiot buy the club. So fingers crossed uh, on <laughs> that one. Fine. Uh, before we move on, I just want a, a little love tweet for G and how fantastic she is. Jesse, I put it in the chat. I said, how many more years can we have? She is so silky smooth uh, with her passing and fluidity. You talk about floating. Uh, she floats left to right. You don't know which way she's going. So uh, I appreciate it, Jesse, promising me at least three years. So I wrote that down. So it's, <laughs> it's official. I think if we can put Erin Cuthbert next to her, that's. I think that's what the, the G and Ingle combo is not something I've always loved just because, you know, they are both experienced uh, players and maybe don't have the kind of uh, tenacity and energy to kind of scurry around the pitch in the, in the way someone like Erin does. Um, and I think maybe that's, that's where some of those problems came from. But yeah, I just, her feet yesterday, it felt like she was really feeling herself, which it's when she's in full flow, it's great to see. And I think, you know, I think it brings a lot of the rest of the team confidence too. When you see a player balling out like that, sure, you've got to feel like, great, I can I can do that as well. Yeah, I mean, she's so talented. She's, it's it's felt to watch G sometimes, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so outrageous what she can do. Uh, and I feel that she's still such an underrated part of the team sometimes, you know, she doesn't get fully the credit that she always deserves. She had a few moments yesterday where it could have been a screamer um, and it didn't it didn't come to fruition. But uh, yeah, we're talking about contracts. I had heard that, you know, G's contract situation coming up this summer. You know, it, there's a question mark there. And then you think, well, surely not. Like, surely not. She's just a massive contributor to the Chelsea women's side. And she's an outstanding player. Uh, and I just can't imagine actually Chelsea without her there. And she's so good on the socials too. Yeah, I've got to I've got to shout out uh, Miriam Walker Khan who did. Uh, if you've not seen it, go and watch. She did an amazing uh, piece for Football Focus uh, where she got G to sing, and it is the Aww. cutest thing in the world. So um, obviously, you know, yesterday didn't end how we wanted, but thank you, Mim, for at least bringing that content into our lives. <laughs> oh, I That's love it. it with the with the G. Uh, all right, number two, we want to talk about poor defending slash goalkeeping, which is something I'm never interested in talking about as a member of the goalkeepers union, but yet got to do my podcast duties first. So so here we go. So no reason at all the second goal should be scored from that position. Um, look, I, I guess I'll just throw it right back to you, Jesse. Blair kind of wrote it, broke it down here. You see a couple images of just the the we had the numbers back we we had our shape and then all of a sudden we we didn't and now we were running at our own goal inside the 18 which is never a good situation um so I, it's just one of those times where you're your least level right so you can reset but the second you go from up one nil to down two one that that is a hard pill to swallow yeah and it felt like oh, Shaban, i don't know if you thought this like being at the game too it felt like it happened really quickly I was really surprised when I saw the minutes on the goals because for me, it just felt like maybe this is, maybe this was because of how much the momentum had shifted as well. Um, but it just felt like suddenly everything like went to, went to pieces. And actually the fact that it was over like a 20 minute period didn't really feel like what was going on 
like on the pitch. Um, yeah. So I can't really figure that one out. Um, Brandon, you had mentioned something like, you know, 17 shots on target was City. Um, and I think the, ma- the majority, I think well, a good 10 of them happened in that 20 minutes um, when they had managed three goals as well. And at that point, I, I, was, I had Flo Lloyd Hughes on my left, who we all know and love, w- Women's Super League legend. And then on my right, I had our producer Izzy and I kept grabbing their arms. And I'm going, <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God, oh my God. So they must have bruises today. But all in that period of time, it was just, they kept coming at them. And I think what happened is that Chelsea were just stunned. I think the organisation stunned them slightly the way they were coming at them, the way they had to up the defending. I just don't think they were fully prepared for it. I don't think it, I don't think they were completely in sync. I think they were a little bit shook. And Anne Katchenberger, who very rarely has a bad time of it, just, just, I don't think she was, she wasn't back. Defensively, they weren't strong. Um, I mean, Caroline Weir's first goal could have been saved. Um, and, and it just all got a little bit sloppy. Again, it's a, it's an off day. You know, it's an off day. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't happen often. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it was it was down to City finding form and, you know, really starting to attack out of nowhere. And then it didn't stop, didn't stop. The communication broke down from Chelsea. And when that happens, defensively, it all went out the window. And, and Katrin Berger's left standing there, a lot of big plum, you know, and, and, and couldn't seem to catch a cold never mind any goals yeah because she actually had that moment right in the first half as well where she like just like totally shanked a clearance to a city player too yeah yeah so it felt like it it was all throughout the game um Mm. and you know I think I feel like that defense you know we all know what an amazing player AKB is like for me she is the best goalkeeper in the world she is and it must freak you out so much if you are used to relying on that behind you for it all to start like not being there I think that would really because you know I feel like lots of those players can have the confidence of knowing like if we do make a mistake AKB is going to bail us out and then all of a sudden that wasn't true anymore you know Mm -hmm. yeah no I completely agree with you there there was a breakdown in communication and that's where you have to work together uh, solid especially with that first goal being conceded that's where you have to start, you know, tightening up, getting your getting your lines back in order, working together, and it and it didn't quite happen. And this, as soon as the second one went in, I thought, you know, Leanne Sanderson, you know, kept saying this game is not over. But the way that the way it changed so quickly, and then the attack kept coming, City were threatening like no other. You know, it was hard to see it going back for Chelsea. Yeah, and that's kind of Blair's tweet here. It also goes back to your point, Shabam, with the goals. Uh, you you were accurate. So uh, at se- the second ball saying, the second goal was not Ingle's finest moment, nor Berger's spill, individual switching off. After that, yeah, Chelsea didn't regain control. Eight of City's 17 shots came after going 2-1 up, according yeah. to the BBC stat line. So you're you're right there as far as that uh, that concerns. And then, you know, talking about at- Ann Katrin Berger, We've seen some of the most amazing performances uh, out of her, you know, and and to be fair, Emma's really like made that spot highly competitive for a long time. Like she's always bringing in new players, um, always kind of shuffling the deck, but AKB has just locked it down um, and rightly so. I think that 
I think it is a really big point when you have someone who's such an anchor in the back line have a bit of a wobble that does reverberate through the back line. Um, I know I've, I've experienced it at the low levels that I played and things like that. And so I, I definitely can understand why, like having your rock, not be a rock. It just makes you second guess everything. Like, oh, is she not going to come for this this time? Do I need to go do it? All of a sudden you're just second guessing versus playing off instincts because you know, kind of the role that everyone's going to play. And AKB's never probably been amazing with her feet, but anytime you shank a cross right to their team, all of a sudden you're like, well, all right, we got to tighten up here. We'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> you know, but it, it definitely was a bad day to have a bad day, I think is actually a Nick, a Nick phrase that he loves saying. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, I agree with that. What about, what about Lauren James, Jesse? Um, bright spot and attack, but like I said, just switched off on the corner and, yeah. and just gave away a brilliant half volley, by the way, took it brilliantly. I know, there, but, that, but you know exa exactly what Caroline Weir is going to do in that situation. Like, it's the most predictable thing in the world that, like, if the ball, like, falls to her in that that kind of spot, she's going to, you know, she has the quality to kind of rifle at home. And, you know, I always, I always have a thing. I feel like it's, um, if I was a commentator, this would be, like, my annoying catchphrase. But I hate subs just before a corner. I just don't think it was. It worries me. And I think this was like a perfect case in point. Lauren James literally comes onto the pitch. The first thing she has to go and do is mark Caroline Ware at a corner. She switches off. Now we're 3-1 down. And the point of having her on as a sub, like the the mission has suddenly changed because now you're, you're, you're two goals. And, and what, you know, you go from thinking, well, we've got 20 minutes and we just need to nick one to send it to extra time to being like, well, this feels like a, a big mountain mountain to climb. And I'm just really not a fan of, of kind of doing that in those situations, but for exactly that reason. You know, Lauren James, I don't think, has been given the, the run that she needs to find her own confidence as well, you know, to, to be a bit more drilled um, and to be more on it because we know what a talented player she is, but I don't feel we've really got to... You, you might disagree with me, Jesse, and, and if you can prove me wrong, please, please tell me, but... Uh, you know, I think she's definitely like the next star of England, but I'm not getting to see enough playing time for her to know exactly why she is so good. And, you know, I'd, I'd heard things at Manchester United um, and then when she've got the move to Chelsea, I thought, well, under the likes of Emma Hayes, you know, what kind of player can Lauren James become? Um, when you see her, she's naturally gifted on the ball. She's a powerhouse. She, she's a, she's a, a unit. She can... She can get going, you know, she 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 just glides, you know, she's a beautiful player to watch. Um, and yeah, like I say, when she was in front of me at those times, you know, the, the way she was involved, she slipped, she slipped at one moment. Um, and like you said, Brandon, you mentioned I don't think we're focused on how poor the weather was yesterday, you know, it was torrential rain, it was blowing a gale, it was it was like it was like Scotland in July, it was that bad, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it was just it, the that moment where she slipped. You know, you can see how I just don't think she's been given fully a fair run of it yet. Do you agree with that? I think obviously there's been, you know, these kind of injury concerns, um, it being haze, it's not been entirely clear what those are. But yeah. I, I haven't had a problem necessarily with Chelsea taking the time that they need, they feel they need to take for her to get fully fit because she's a young player. And I think you just don't want to risk 
that with with players like picking up stuff that you know can come back um, I don't know anything about science but you know you often see right people who like pick up lots of injuries they'll kind of come back again and again and it can really affect people's careers um I think it's clear or I think over the past couple of weeks it has been clear that Hayes really trusts Lauren James which I think is a really good sign you know she came on in that City WSL game when we were only 1-0 up and that really surprised me um, because I was like, wow, that's like a, a lot to, you know, to to rest on her, to be like, okay, there's 20 minutes, we're defending a 1-0 lead, we need you to be our outball. Um, and again here, you know, the fact that she was coming on ahead of Beth, again, I think shows that Hayes does really value her and I think you're exactly right, Siobhan, she just adds something, and I've said this before, that, that no player in... The Chelsea team can do and it yeah. is a squad of phenomenally attacking phenomenally talented attacking players but I don't think anyone you know moves the ball like she does mm, um yeah. and I think that's why obviously you know Hayes Hayes wanted her to come on but I, I think the the you know the one thing that I find interesting about Lauren James and Emma Hayes's Chelsea is that I think Lauren James is a phenomenally talented player who really enjoys having the freedom to do what she wants and Hayes plays an incredibly disciplined system and I'm still not sure how those two things are going to marry up because do you lose do you lose that kind of raw unexpectedness within you know is there a reason Chelsea don't have players like James at the moment yeah no that's a very that's a very valid point you're right about her age you know she's only 20 but felt at Manchester United again she she didn't play as much football as we would have liked to have seen of her and that became that came down to her injuries as well um but watching her in terms of like a natural gift the way she moves the ball it's like there's a wee magnet in her shoe and a magnet on the ball and it just drag, drags around with her it's it's a it's stunning to watch but there's definitely maybe a wee bit of lacking in confidence there as well um and more game time and you know I'd hate to see somebody lose that kind of um you know, that natural gift and, you know, that creativity. You take you take to see a player lose that. You know, if you can work with it, work with it. So not to be the idiot that questions Emma Hayes. So I, I have a very innocent <laughs> question. Um, but we, Jesse, you'd mentioned this earlier in the, in the episode that the subs kind of came at weird times, we felt like, right? So uh, first sub was Lauren James on for Gurriton on the 68th minute. We were down 2-1 at that point. Uh, no offense to that, or you know, not to that the impact of that sub, right? But then we missed the mark. They immediately scored three one. So 69th minute, we're down three one. Lauren James is the first sub. Bethany England and Drew Spence are a double change in the 79th minute. So now we waited 10 more minutes to make a change. It was a double change, and then in the 88th minute, uh, wait, that was City, and then obviously in the 90th minute, bring also Abdulina on again for John Anderson. Any concerns or questions like of of Emma Hayes? Because essentially, once you go down three one, don't you just kind of want to throw everything you got at it and like just try to bring it back? I mean, we waited ten minutes at that point. Yeah, I think that's and also because because it would have been so clear in that half that it wasn't working. Like you didn't need to look at the scoreline to know that whatever had happened in the second half was not going the way <laughs> Hayes and Chelsea would have wanted it to I would have much preferred to see someone like Beth come on earlier just so you have that option to like punt the ball down the field and she's going to hold it up you know like she has that those more traditional 
number nine centre forward attributes that I think when you are in a back against the wall situation allows you to play in a different way. And that goes back to what we're talking about, about whether there's this kind of like strange Chelsea collapse where they can't seem to try anything different when when what they were planning on doing, you know, isn't working anymore. When you're tired and you can't press the way you want to, for example. Um, And I just think it was weird not to make the most of that. Also, especially because... You know, normally we can talk about subs and say, well, you know, maybe Hayes wanted to do this, so she brought that player on, and maybe she wanted to do that. But because of the illness, there were so few players on the pitch. You knew that James and Beth were going to have to come on at some point because they were the only attacking players there who were available to come on. So even then, it's just like I didn't understand what she thought she what she was seeing that made her think with these players on the pitch right now, this is going to work out <laughs> in a different way to how it did. Yeah, I actually fully agree with you there, JC. I think uh, lacking in the legs of Beth England when you are, you know, 2-1 down, she should have been on much earlier. And purely as well from the amount of experience she brings to situations, environments and games like that. Um, I think Bethany England, maybe coming on sooner, could have helped. It maybe would have helped Sam Kerr along a, a little bit and backed up um, Pernilla Harder as well. Um, but yeah, she, I think she was missed. And when, when she'd come on yesterday, it felt like it was too far gone. Well... Because uh, I'm here to add context and, and save grace. It wasn't all down to, you know, the fact that Emma didn't have a lot of her options. Some we think were probably closer to, to game time, which means if you spent, you know, the week preparing with certain key players and then they're pulled away from the team in the last 24, 36, you know, maybe 48 hours for the match, that is going to create changes. So um, we're unable to get back in the game. Midfield struggles. We're missing four potential starters in Kirby, Fleming, Cuthbert, and Loopholes. Uh, at Tom J. Gary tweeting, understand Frank Kirby's unwell, while Jesse Fleming misses out for COVID reasons. couple of big blows for Chelsea, but Erickson being back on the bench is a boost. Where comes in for a richly deserved Man City, as you talked about their injury struggles as well. So, you know, Aaron Cuthbert, Melly were not going to be involved. Um, you know, Mary Mielda, long road recovery coming back, Magda Erickson on the bench, but again, probably not feeling comfortable enough to risk them, especially not when you're chasing the game, Jesse. So, uh, you know, definitely a little bit of the one hand tied behind their back in this situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I will say I waited, um, I'm going to say about 10 minutes until after the game until I started going, well, you know, we were missing a lot of players. <laughs> um, but, you know, I look, I think the team that was available should have had the quality to beat Manchester City. Everyone knows I don't rate Gareth Taylor. I'm sorry. I think MS is a much better manager than him. And I think we should ha- like we should have still had that ability regardless. But putting that aside to a minute, it is obviously a, you know, a big loss. And then Shaban said, uh, you know, City have, to, have had to do that for a lot of this season. And, you know, that's hard. It's hard as a team. And and we've, I think also what's been tricky for us. Um, and I think it's something we've seen on the men's side as well, actually, interestingly, but it's almost harder when you're in this position where you're getting lots of these kind of two to four week injuries. So your squad's like constantly almost like rotating in and out. Whereas at least if I think you've got like a long term, like thinking of Steph at City, right, you know, Steph's out for months and months and months. So you may as well just work on your centre back partnership. Kennedy and Greenwood, he seems to have like gone for in the end. Now he's not got Jill Scott to put in centre back. Um, But I think what's hard for us and has been hard for us this whole season is it feels like a couple of players will come back 
And then a couple more will get injured. And so then suddenly you're like rebuilding those relationships again. And that cycle's just kind of continued over the past four or so months. And, you know, I don't think all of these players would have started if they were fully fit, to be honest, but a good chunk of them would have. And and it does make a, a difference to how, to how you play, you know. And I thought it was interesting what Hayes said after the game that, you know, it was one game too many for us. Because I guess the point there is as well you're putting more minute pressure on those players who are fit so they're tired um still with that inexperience they get a taste of playing in the final for some of them uh this made me laugh because I was like it's not that <laughs> experienced the team I thought that was a bit uh that was that was the same as me my excuse making as well um feel like I mean most of that team played the Champions League final so yeah. um but you know that being said it is it's tough it's tough right yeah do you know Jesse actually I think I think um, Erin Cuthbert, Frank Kirby, Lou Pauls and Mag Erickson would have started, to be fair. I'm not sure if Jesse Fleming would have, but I think, I think you know, three of them would have. And they're such key players. You know, Frank Kirby doesn't go a Chelsea game without a goal. So you go, there's one of your your, your main <laughs> players that I think was definitely missed, you know, and, and the same with Erin this season as well. So I, I do think it would have been a very different game with their availability yesterday. And City will be saying the exact same thing. You know, that's, that's football. That's happened. It sucks sometimes. Some days you've got the best team going and, and the opposition are saying what Chelsea fans are, what you said 10 minutes after the game. You know, you know we didn't have our best team. We're missing key members of the team who have added to, to Chelsea's season. So it's, what, it's, hard, it's hard lines. It's hard lines. Um, I do think we still have the quality to have won it. Uh, but Man City whatever happened at halftime went off on another planet and that was unusual as well <laughs> yeah definitely uh, a manager earning paycheck in that sense uh, when you can turn something around that well uh, and that kind of uh, aggressively so um, yeah Emma had some quotes after the match talking about momentum specifically which is you know, especially when you're you're in the thick of the season, it, it's really important as, as far as everything goes. So she says, quote, momentum is so difficult to coach against. It's the hardest thing. I felt every ball dropped to them. I, I actually felt the same way. At one point, you're like, wow, every deflection in 50-50 popped right to them. You're like, it's one of those times. So uh, <laughs> she continues, that's what I mean about momentum. Sometimes it's difficult to get in the way of it. They get the first attack of the second half, goal. They get the second attack, goal. And all of a sudden, the game's drifting in another direction. Third is a corner, goal, game over. And that's how football is. Sometimes it works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't. Especially, and, sorry, end quote, my turn. Especially when we were stretched, right? We were, we were trying to hit them on the counter. The midfielders were having to cover about a 45-yard uh, part of the pitch because the way things were. I thought Millie did a good job of kind of stepping in and, and breaking up the, the entry pass into the fours into the attack as best she could. But again, like if it bobbled, it went right to their attacker kind of coming in to, to, to fill the gap. And so the, as the longer the game went, the more we got stretched. Um, it just they were finding, you know, pockets of space that we were unable to. And, and that's kind of how it, it shook out at the end, Jesse. I think that it was, like I said, the, the more we chased you know, the more you leave yourself open and, and the amount of running you have to do late in the game when it's cold and wet and all these things, like it just, it just adds to the kind of mountain that you're trying to climb. Yeah. And I think that's, there's, there's also like a confidence element there. And I think you could definitely see that, you know, as soon as, I mean, it was a fantastic run, I thought for Georgia Stanway for that first goal, but as soon as she'd made that run and City got back on level terms, it was like, that was the moment where it was like City players felt like they kind of realized like, oh, wait, yeah, we can run at 
Chelsea. Like we can do this. We can we can make that push. And you know, like George Sandway is a player I I really love to be honest. So I was kind of like, good for you, ball out, go go wild. Um, but that was then what was missing from us. We didn't have those players who who had that feeling of like, okay, yeah, everything's gonna go everything's going to fall for us, you know, and that's, that is, I think, hard. Like, you know, I know we like to talk about tactics and assess the game that way, but you do have to think about, you know, footballers are humans, like that mentality stuff does play a role in, in these games, you know, and I think the very best footballers obviously can rise above that, but, but sometimes you can see, I think on the, on the pitch that, you know, that when you feel like the momentum is with you, you play in a different way, almost, you know, you are willing to, to make that step forward you you take the riskier pass and like maybe it pays off and you know that's that's the kind of thing which which makes the difference in in these one-off games yeah I, I have to completely I mean you're saying you like talk tactics and, and gameplay for, for me all about it is all about mentality a lot of the time you know if City didn't think they had a chance in that game in the first part five minutes they, they their shoulders were down their heads were down they weren't in it to win it you know, Chelsea were, and Chelsea were, were doing great things in that first half. So for I think for Manchester City to come out, I said it actually, you know, full-time analysis, Leanne Sanderson, I said they came out with different heads on their shoulders. You know, for me, it was all, they changed something mentality-wise, you know, because they didn't have enough time, they didn't change the team, you know, so there was something that clicked. And you're right, they realised, no, we can run at them. You know, we we can push, we can attack. And, you know, they, they they do, they have threats kind of all over the pitch, Manchester City. When you realise that you can do that, sometimes that's, you know, that's more than half the battle. You know, if you're if you're not up there, you're not going to be anywhere else. And, and I, feel, I feel that that's where it went wrong for Chelsea. I think their the heads went down and, and it's hard to come back when Brandon mentioned as well, you know, the wind and the rain. And, you know, you're, you're at that point, you're 2-1 down and then the third goal comes in. It's so it's so difficult. It's difficult circumstances. So it just wasn't their day. It just was not Chelsea's day yesterday. All right. Well, we can start to wrap up here. I've got standout performers. Anytime you score in the final, you know, Sam Kerr, brilliant. I'm always looking for an angle to squeeze a goalkeeper in there, but it was not the day for AKB. <laughs> so I'm going to revoke that and just go right to Sam because I thought she was great. Uh, but Jesse, you have you have another name that probably surprised you and a lot of other people. Yeah, I mean, we actually haven't spoken about her really at all. Um, maybe because we focused more on, on the second half and where it went wrong. But I thought Neve Charles in the first half was amazing. I thought, you know, it's a tough role to come in and, and fill Frank Herbie's. Um, I expect they're probably quite small boots because she's tiny, but um, uh, I thought she did really well. I thought she looked so much more confident. I also thought she'd like looked a lot more hench. She looked like yeah. she's looked like she's beefed up a bit. I think she's been in the gym and I like that. You know, I felt like when stuff was going Chelsea's way, she was there. She was the one who was shrugging off the city players. She was the one like with the tricky feet. She almost did a repeat of that um, volley she scored against City in the Conti Cup quarterfinals a couple of seasons ago. Um, I really, really wanted that one to go in. Uh, it was a phenomenal shot. Um, and again, maybe if it'd been our day, that's the kind of thing that, you know, the worldies go in and, and it's, it's a different game. But yeah, I just thought, you know, I think we've spoken a bit in the past that maybe it's not feel like felt like she's obviously really settled that well at Chelsea, but I thought this was like a really you know, big performance. And I was, I was impressed because, you know, also she kind of went on that England camp and didn't get any game time or like very, I can't even remember if she like got any minutes. So I was like, Oh, that that's, that's easy for, I think a young player for that to like affect them negatively. But I thought it was great to see her kind of 
stepping up and, and I hope we see more of it. Yeah, uh, Neve Charles, I think, did have a very solid first 45 minutes. We saw that kind of tactical foul that she put on, um, was it Caroline Weir? And she brought her down and the ref only gave her a talking to, but she deserved a yellow card for it. But, <laughs> you know, I like to see that. I like to see a little bit of aggression, you know, uh, you know, pulling, she nearly ripped the girl's shirt off. You know, she had that edge, Neve Charles, yesterday. And she's 22 years old. You know, she is still... She's baby Neve Charles. You know, we've still got our best years ahead of her. So to see her playing games like she did yesterday, I think it's very exciting. And um, from for, for a Chelsea side, I, I think I think she's an outstanding young talent. Jess Carter, something's come over her this season. She's been brilliant. I thought Millie Bright put in a shift yesterday as well. You know, I think, like you say, she's breaking down play. Um, and she's such a physical presence, you know. I, I rarely get to see her in real life, but I thought she could she could flick me and I would go flying, you know. Like she she could look at me and I'd fall over. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's that way. So uh, you yeah, know, th- there were a few good performances in there yesterday, uh, but a few a few key key nuggets uh, missing that I think that, that it didn't really happen for them. But yeah, I mean, you're right, Neve Charles, especially in that first forty five minutes, I thought was solid. Well, we don't have to dwell it too long, do we, Jesse? Because four matches in the next 10 days, six in the next 17 days means much, much more football for Emma and the gang. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? We've got all these and the pressure is on because, you know, Arsenal, unfortunately, won today. I thought there was a point that uh, it, they were 3-0 up and uh, Birmingham suddenly got it back to 3-2. I thought it was going to happen. Birmingham were going to take points off them again. But it didn't. Uh, they won 4-2, so they're now eight points clear of us. We still have the three games in hand, but it is real pressure, pressure on to go and get those points. So, yeah, we've got a lot of those games coming up. We've got West Ham Thursday night, and then we're, uh, we've are we got Villa at home on Sunday, and then again uh, away at Everton on Wednesday night, another one of those games to make up. Um, so it's going to be tricky, you know, if we're talking about the, the squad being small. I think Hayes said she didn't really expect Fran or Jesse to be back for that Thursday game. So, you know, there there is going to be pressure, I think, on on the players to kind of put this to put this to one side and uh mm-hmm. and move on and go again very quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's that way as well. You you can be a wounded animal or you can turn it around completely. Uh Chelsea have had their time now. You know, they've had their they've had their blips. They're better than this. Um so they have to go and get those points because Arsenal were lucky again today. I was at the game and they went to sleep at one point and the keeper went on holiday or something and, you know, Birmingham started banging in a couple of goals at 80 minutes. I was going <laughs> Which is not a phrase we normally say. <laughs> Birmingham's it's not, not a phrase. <laughs> you know, so what happened there? But, you know, the, the pressure is on Chelsea because uh, even though it wasn't Arsenal's best game today, they're still getting the points. They're, they're still now however many points clear. So uh, the, the title... The, the, their focus has to be on the league now. You know, it really, it really has to be on the league, um, and and it's and it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult one. You know, you, you just don't know when you've got three games in hand. It's just not as easy as nine points, is it? You know, it's a lot of football four games in ten days, with not your best side available. They're going to have to dig deep. Yeah, as best we can, uh, we can try to uh, you know bounce back. Emma's such a strong character as well, like. The 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 bar she sets for this group is so high that, you know, she's going to be, I think uh, that's part of why I love Emma is her post-match quotes. You're going to get exactly what she's yeah. thinking and how she feels. And she did say the best team over 90 minutes 
won today. She's very clear in that, but again, knew that it wasn't good enough. So she'll they'll they'll hit reset with her and the coaching staff. Prepare for West Ham away. Uh, thankfully, it's a, a local away match, so it won't be too much uh, in terms of travel and things like that. But um, yeah, I think that I think that's it for the uh, the Conte Cup final. Um, Shabam, it's been great to have you on. Thank you so much for uh, sharing the wisdom and thoughts, especially since you and Jess, you're both there braving it out yesterday. Uh, I watch on broadcast. I see one match. The one you two see is very different. So it's always good to have those different perspectives. Yeah, I mean, it was, thank you very much for having me. It's been lovely to sit and digest it all and go through it and get uh, your points on it as well. But I think we're all on the same page. Just wasn't, wasn't Chelsea's day. You know, you, you learn your lesson, you move on to the next. It's as simple as that. No, love it. All right. Well, Jesse, uh, you being the anchor of the team, it's been amazing. But look, Abdul and Nick are going to be back. So uh, you're going to have to get them back in shape and get them back on the pod as we uh, continue to knock out the the Chelsea women results. which has been great. So thanks for pioneering it this week while everyone abandoned you. I know, left all on my own. They were hiding from the, the Conti Cup final disaster by, <laughs> by both going on holiday. Lucky sods. <laughs> you nailed it. How convenient. So, uh, All right, well, that's going to wrap us up again. Thank you to everyone out there. Like, Go share it. Go um, comment. Again, Patreon, we have our amazing Discord community for the Chelsea women. If you're looking for people to hang out and talk about uh, results and things with. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.